God's grace and His mercy and His peace, my dear friends. They are all yours through faith in Christ our Savior. And in His name we we come together on this Sunday as we conclude this this four-part series on gifts fit for the King. So I just start by, by asking you flat out a question that I think I know the answer to, but perhaps I'm wrong. And maybe it's just not something you think about very often, but would you consider yourself to be confident when it comes to your finances? The reason I'm asking you is because if magazines have their finger on the pulse of our society, the answer is no. Because every month, whether it's Forbes or um, one of the financial magazines that are popular, or whether it's even just the general popular culture magazines, you will always find articles that are intended to give you insights and the ability to gain a confidence when it comes to your money. And all you have to do is go to Barnes & Nobles or any other bookstore and you'll find that entire section about personal finance for dummies. And you'll see the the incredible amount of popularity that guys like Dave Ramsey or or Susie Orman or or you choose the person, the the financial guru who's going to help bring a level of confidence to your life when it comes to finances because rarely do we feel confident when it comes to how much we have. And maybe it's because we're students of history. Maybe we go back to the Great Depression and we say, beware those who are confident in what they have. It could be gone just like that. But I think there's more to it. I don't think we're always confident about our finances, about our possessions, about the accumulation of our wealth, because we seek confidence in all the wrong places. And that's what we want to talk about today as we conclude this gifts fit for the king. We are reminded that gifts fit for the king are gifts that are given, and here's the key word, confidently. Now please know, we are not gathered together in the house of the Lord in order to find a get-rich-quick scheme. But it is true that we have an amazing promise that comes from our God on page after page of Scripture that as we, as His dear children, handle our finances in a God-pleasing way, we can be confident that His blessings will continue. And so I want to leave you with that today as we look at the final verses of this section from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and following. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. 
you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of our Lord. So by now, I think the context is clear. 2 Corinthians 9. It's the Apostle Paul writing to a group of Christians gathered in Corinth. And in this particular chapter, he's been talking about this this financial offering that the congregation is collecting in order to help a group of Christians in a far-off land, all the way back over in Jerusalem, who were passing through famine and persecution and hardships. And it's been fun going through the whole chapter together because you can see how the Apostle Paul not only is encouraging the Corinthians, but he's also guiding them with with the truths of God's word. And so he lays out in front of them that as you bring your gifts, dear Corinthians, do so eagerly. And he, he, he actually praises them with their eager hearts who are they're excited to help. And then he talks about bringing their gifts generously. But today is an aspect I just don't think that, that we talk about or recognize enough. And he's reminding the Corinthians, yes, as you are giving your gifts to the king, you can do so with confidence. And that's what causes us to stop. Because think about that. Since when is giving ever a source of confidence for us? Because to give according to the way that the world works and our mind works, it is to lose security. To give up something that you worked for or that you feel belongs to you is to give up something that's of value and therefore to lose confidence. The whole reason we talk about people struggling with confidence in their finances is they don't feel like they have enough So let alone when you lose something or give something, how would you ever possibly have confidence? We feel vulnerable when we don't have because the things of this world have so easily become our security blanket. Just think about what what would happen if right now you logged in on your phones to your bank accounts and you realized they had been zeroed out. the panic would set in. And rightfully so, because you had plans to feed the family and pay the mortgage. But we automatically think if we don't have funds and we don't have money, we can't have confidence in this world. 
which the Apostle Paul says, yes, but no. He doesn't want that lack of confidence to ever creep in to the way which we use our gifts to serve God. Because he says, as we use our gifts, as we freely give, we can have absolute confidence in God's providence and care. And so this is how he explains it. He goes back to an illustration that he had already referred to. Uh, last week we talked about how he used an illustration from uh, the agricultural society, from farmers. And he said, just as a, just as a farmer won't go out to, to sow his field using a single seed and expect that he's going to reap a harvest, well, so also in our offerings, we don't just give a, a little expecting that a lot's going to happen. And so what does he say here to emphasize the confidence issue? He says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. He goes right back to that illustration. He says, Now remember who gave you the seed. The one who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, he will supply and increase your store of seed so that the harvest will increase as well. See, he he wants to instill a confidence that as we are giving back to God, he's just going to produce more and more ways for blessings to be bestowed in our lives. And then he comes out and says, you will be made rich in every way. Now, trust me, I know how sinful natures work. I have a big one. And if you are to hear a get-rich-quick scheme that is guaranteed... You know, you can't sleep at night, you turn on the TV and, and there's some new, new fad going on there and you think, could this baby work in my life? You want the money. And so what do Christians do? They maybe turn to this passage and they say, what? A way for me to get more money? Because isn't it true that God says you will be made rich? In every way, Paul tells the Corinthians. Yes, he's trying to instill confidence, but confidence in the right concept. You see, these words taken out of context can create the idea that we just have this negotiation, this business relationship with God, where if we invest, we certainly will receive, and we're walking out of here billionaires, to which the Lord says, you you missed the point. But he does want us to be confident that as we freely give back to him, what does he say? You will be made rich in every way. Because you get it. Every way goes so far beyond your financial status and the amount of possessions. Because it reminds us that in the Christian scenario, there is so much more when it comes to wealth. In fact, this really speaks about the entire life of a Christian. The abundance with which we have been 
on the receiving end of so many good and gracious blessings? Think about the poverty story that you and I have. The rags to riches story that every Christian has. The fact that we come in as beggars before our God because of our sinful situation. And after being washed by the works and the blood of Christ, we come out wealthy beyond our imagination. Because we own righteousness now. The forgiveness of sins. And he's saying, you will be made rich in every way because your relationship with God is such that you will continue to see Christ as the most important aspect. And as you serve Christ and as you serve your king, the Lord's blessings continue to be evident in your life. Gifts fit for the king are given confidently because our confidence is in the one who provides for us day after day. In these words, the Apostle Paul doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room. He simply says, you will be made rich so that you can be generous on every occasion. He reminds us that the confidence we have is not just in the blessings that we receive from God, but it's also in the blessings that our gifts can be to others. We want to talk about that, but but before we do, can we just stop and think about the blessing that it is to finally have security in life? Because if it's true, and I, and I maintain that it is, that money is one of the things that makes people so uptight and so nervous, and we can actually stand back and say, but we stand in God's grace. We have a security that this world could never provide for. Think about just how often your stomach gets tied into knots and your head starts to spin when you think about how are we ever going to do what we feel like we need to do to keep up in this world. And then you look at the pages of Scripture and God says time and time again, I have poured out my blessing upon you. You are wealthy beyond imagination because you stand in grace. You're no longer vulnerable. Your worth isn't determined by the size of a bank account. It's not determined by the windfall that might come your way financially, it's determined by the fact that you stand as one of God's beloved children who know the work of Christ and have heaven as a home. That's confidence. A confidence that so many people are lacking as they run around trying to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And the Apostle Paul just says, You can give confidently because nothing financial will change your status before God. And so now there's almost like a collective sigh and a a deep breath to which the Apostle Paul moves on and says, and now you can be confident in this. Not only will your relationship with God continue to be secure because of Christ, but as you give you can know that the Lord uses that to be a blessing for others. You're not just giving to this black hole 
but you're giving to serve others. And so he pours out for the Corinthians the various ways that their gifts are going to be helpful. He says this service that you perform, it's not only supplying the needs of God's people, which means it is supplying the needs of those, those brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. You can be confident of that. But it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service, men will praise God for your obedience. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying you can give confidently knowing that as you're giving, people are watching. And they're not going to praise you, but they're going to praise the God who has enabled this. Because you are going to be taking your gifts that God has given you and making them a gift to another. Which brings us to our gospel lesson today. Did you understand what that parable was all about? Faithful use of those talents. Talents was a a form of currency back in that day. And what God is telling us is that we've all been blessed in so many, so many ways, but yeah, to varying degrees. And the question is, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to be faithful with the way the Lord has blessed us and, and utilize those, those gifts and those talents in a way that it produces blessings for the kingdom? If so, well done, good and faithful servant. Doesn't it get you eager? To think how you and your family in this one little small section of the world can think about how confidently we can use our gifts knowing that they will be a blessing to the kingdom at large. You see, sometimes we lose sight because we think about things in such a distant way. To which the Apostle Paul is reminding the Corinthians, yeah, you might never, you might never meet the, the believers in, in Jerusalem who you are going to benefit, but please know this. People are going to be thanking God because of you. And people are going to be rejoicing because of you. And people are going to be more cognizant of the blessings of the kingdom at large because of you. You can be confident that your gifts will be a blessing. And so we bring our gifts to the king confidently. And then he ends up with this incredible phrase. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. How could the Apostle Paul end this section in any other way? He takes a totally different approach to our finances. He doesn't strong arm us and say, you better give. He ends up saying, thanks be to God for the indescribable gift that is woven throughout this entire conversation. He's saying, thanks be to God for a gift that you can't even truly comprehend or describe except through the pages of Scripture, the gift of status through Christ, of of belonging to his family. He's saying, thank God for his grace, which enables the grace of us giving. Because it is a grace. 
It's an undeserved privilege that we have that we can now take the gifts bestowed on us and confidently, generously, eagerly return them to God for the benefit of the kingdom. Money and finances are frequently the source of insecurity. So we flip the script. And we find out that our security is based on something far more certain. It's based on the love of our God and his promise to provide, which now enables us to have a completely different conversation about our giving. And so whether it's now, during the series that we talk about specifically bringing our gifts before the king, or a year from now when we've moved on and are being fed through various other parts of Scripture, may we always return to God and thank him for the gift of salvation and for the ability to serve him, our Savior, with all that we have. That truly is the gift fit for the King. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guide your hearts and your minds in Jesus our Lord. Amen.